This program is made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries. My name is Rick Renner, and I'm in the ancient city of Aphrodisias in the Roman province of Asia. And I'm standing in the theater of the city, which 2,000 years ago seated between eight and 10,000 people. Where I'm standing is the stage where orators spoke, where poets recited poetry and where drama was performed. It was quite a place and very dignified during Greek times. But the Romans were cruder, they were lewd. So they used the stage in a very offensive way. They mocked politicians, they disdained people they didn't like. And these were the kinds of places where believers were often brought and they were made fun of by the multitudes who were sitting in the theatrical seats. The stadium would be filled with people laughing at Christians who were dragged on stage. And it seems the writer of Hebrews refers to this in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32, where it says, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated. Do you remember when you were first illuminated? He was reminding them. Do you remember when you got saved? Do you remember when you first heard the word? And then he tells us what happened to them. Probably it happened to you too. And it's after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. And then listen to the following verse, partly while you were made a gazing stock. That word gazing stock is the Greek word theatron, which is where we get the word theater. He says, literally, you became a show. You became a spectacle. People didn't understand you. They mocked you. They ridiculed you. They disdained you. Everybody bought a ticket to the show to watch you perform, to see how you would do under pressure. Would you buckle? Would you stand up? Would your faith be real or would your faith be jeopardized? People bought a ticket to the show to watch you and to see how genuine was your faith. He said you were made a gazing stock. And I'm sure that that really happened to believers on this very stage as they became a gazing stock or they became a theater, a spectacle for people who were watching them and making fun of them. But they resisted, they put up with it, and they lasted longer than the pagans. And you will last longer than anything that comes against you. And that's what I wanna to talk to you about today. Stay tuned for a teaching you can trust, a message that will inspire, strengthen and equip you with vital insights and understanding from the Word of God. Here is Rick. As I told you in the open today, in the first century and in the second century when the church was just being established, believers were often dragged into theaters or into coliseums or stadiums where they were put on the stage and they were disdained, they were ridiculed, humiliated, shamed by multitudes that were watching them. They did this all on the stage. Their belief in Jesus Christ became a public spectacle. Very often when you hear from God, when you make a decision to follow Jesus or you get filled with the Holy Spirit or you decide to start a new career or you announce something that you're going to do by faith, it puts you on the stage. Suddenly you become the talk of everybody. When you did nothing, nobody was talking about you. But when you finally said, you know what, I think I'm gonna do this, Huh, it's amazing how people begin to buy a ticket to the show to see if you're really going to be able to do what you said. And very often, you can feel you're surrounded with faithless opinions. And that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. What do you do when you feel surrounded by faithless opinions? How do you resist faithless opinions? What do you do about it? 
I believe this is going to really be a help to you today. But first, I want to tell you that we're offering my series called Resisting the Enemy. It's a two-part series about how to resist evil in your life. All of us have to deal with issues of evil. As long as we're in the world, we're going to deal with the devil, and the devil is against us. So we need to know how to stand against him. And the Bible tells us very clearly, if we will resist him, he will flee from us. And that word flee means he'll move his feet as fast as he can. His feet will never hit the ground. He will make a dash for it when you begin to resist him. The question is, how do you resist him? How do you resist the devil? What do you do when a big spiritual storm blows into your life? and you feel overwhelmed by it, a surprise attack. How do you take authority over it? How do you resist the devil? That's what this series is about. And in this series, I give you real practical help about how you can resist the devil. So place an order for it. And when you contact us, be sure to let us know how we can pray for you. We're very serious about prayer. We have a whole prayer team full-time that does nothing but pray for people who write to us. And so if you write to us, I guarantee you, we will immediately get to prayer and we want to hear from you. If the program is a blessing to you, please tell me. I need to hear from you. Your words are so meaningful when you send emails or call and leave messages. Every word is like a treasure to me. So I'd love to hear from you. But today we're talking about how to resist faithless opinions. And we're going to begin in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 32, one of my favorite verses in the New Testament. And in this verse, the writer of Hebrews, the reason I say the writer of Hebrews is because we're not sure who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some say Paul, some say Apollos, some say Priscilla, some even say Barnabas or Luke. We're not really sure, but we know that God wrote it and God intended it for all of us. And in this verse, the writer of Hebrews, whoever that is, says in verse 32, but call to remembrance the former days. Former days points back to an earlier moment, an earlier time in your walk with the Lord. Call to remembrance the former times. And by the way, when it says call to remembrance, that word call to remembrance is a Greek word which means to dig it up out of the grave, dust it off, and look at it again. And what we find is very often because of obstacles and problems in life, those good, sweet memories we had with the Lord, they get cluttered, they get buried. And now the writer of Hebrews says there's some memories you should never forget. You need to call them to remembrance. Calling them to remembrance means they don't come to remembrance by themselves. You have to call them to remembrance. You've got to dig them out, resurrect them, dust them off, look at them, enjoy them again. And now he begins to remind them about their early moments when they came to Christ. He says, call to remembrance the former days. Back then is how one man has translated it. Call to remembrance back then, the early days, after which you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. The word illuminated is the Greek word fotidzo. Now listen carefully to how I say that word, fotidzo. Do you hear another word? How about photo or photograph? Fotidzo, photo, photograph. Fotidzo is where we get the word for a photo or a photograph. And actually the word fotidzo, and I'm going to read today directly from my notes because I want to give it to you correctly. The word fotidzo means to illuminate. It gives the impression of a brilliant flash of light that leaves a permanent and lasting impression. Fotidzo, illumination. So now let me ask you, can you call to remembrance a moment in your past when you were fotidzo 
illuminated. You saw something for the first time in your life. And when you saw it, it was like a brilliant flash of light and it changed you. It left a permanent and lasting impression on your life. Maybe it's when you heard about divine healing. Until that time, you didn't know that Jesus also died for your sicknesses. And when you heard that Jesus died for your sicknesses, it was like a brilliant flash of light. My goodness gracious, I never knew this. And it changed you forever. It left a permanent and lasting impression. That's what I experienced when I heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I had been raised in a denominational environment, taught the Bible, loved the Lord, great church, but we didn't know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And when I heard about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, it was like a brilliant flash of light, fotidzo, and it changed me forever. I've never been the same since. It left a permanent and lasting impression on my life. Or when God called me to move my family to the Soviet Union. That was a directive from heaven. It was like a brilliant flash of light. I heard from God. Suddenly I knew why I was here, what I was to do, what was the next phase of my ministry, and it changed me. It's changed me ever since. It permanently changed my life. It left a permanent and lasting impression. What about you? What is an area where you have been illuminated? Is it about your career? Did God tell you something about your career? Maybe God told you something about your spouse, or maybe God has illuminated you about your children, or maybe God has illuminated you about your business or about money. There's something that God has illuminated you about. You know that God really spoke to you. It was like a brilliant flash of light, and you've never been the same since. Well, the writer of Hebrews kindly tells us what normally follows illumination. What normally follows illumination? What does he say? He says, call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great fight of affliction. And here you find a fight of affliction normally follows illumination. People that are illuminated have to put up with lots of attacks because the devil hates illuminated people. He's fearful of illuminated people. The devil is afraid of people that get a word from God because he knows if they stand by that illumination, power will be released that will change the world. The devil is afraid of illuminated people, for example, in a church, because the devil knows if they're really illuminated and they stand by the word that they've received, power will be released into that church, which can bring a church out of a backslidden state to become alive again. The devil's against that. So very often he orchestrates attacks and the faithless opinions of people to stop that person that has been illuminated. Now listen to what he continues to say. He says, a great fight of afflictions. First of all, he says great. The word great is the word polus. The word polus could be translated variegated, variated, many, manifold. So we find that when you're illuminated, polus, the devil tries to attack us from different angles. He'll use all kinds of things to try to attack us and take us down. And really, don't make it personal. He's not after you. The devil's not after you. He's after your illumination. He wants you to release what you have seen. He wants you to release what you know. That's what he's after. He's not really after you. And the Bible says it is a great fight of affliction. The word fight 
is the Greek word athlesis, and again, I'm reading directly from my notes. The word athlesis is an athletic term that refers to the attitude and activities of a professional athlete. This is not an amateur. This is a professional. It can be translated as the word struggle, and it refers to a heroic act. It tells us that when you have been illuminated, you better get ready to fight. And by the way, an amateur will never survive. You've got to be like a professional. You've got to be heroic in your ability to resist the enemy. You've got to make a decision. You're going to win this wrestling match, this struggle, this fight. And where the fight takes place the most intensely is in the mind. And that is why verse 32 calls it a great fight of afflictions. The word afflictions is the Greek word pathema. The word pathema can be translated suffering, but in fact, it is a strong emotional word. It depicts an emotional struggle, emotional or mental agony, and it can be translated as the word suffering or affliction. Here's what happens. When the devil attacks us, we can resist the circumstances. It's easy to resist circumstances. What's difficult to resist is the opinions of people. Because very often the devil uses people that we love and they have opinions. And when you decide you're going to do something that they have never done before, or you're going to do something by faith that they don't understand, they may begin to exercise their opinions and their opinions may be faithless. They haven't seen what you see. You're the one illuminated, not them. You're the one that has a revelation not them. So you're moving in your illumination. You're moving in your revelation. They haven't had that. They haven't seen that. They don't know what you know. They've not been changed by a brilliant flash of light. All they know is they're standing on the outside observing what you're about to do, and they're worried about you. So they begin to express their faithless opinions. Sometimes their opinions are faithless because in the past they tried to do something and it didn't work. So based on their own personal failure, they will say, oh, we know how this goes. Yeah, we've tried that. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. And they begin to express their faithless opinions. That is harder to resist than it is to resist the devil or to resist circumstances. You can rebuke the devil. You can rebuke and take authority over your circumstances. But how do you rebuke your family? They're your family. And we're called to honor them to love them, and at times, ignore them. <laughs> so it's a real trick. We have to learn how to walk this tightrope, how to honor them, how to love them, be respectful to them. But if they're faithless, listen to them and then ignore them. If you listen to your family and your friends, they may take you down. It can create a great fight of afflictions, pathema, a real emotional struggle as you're trying to obey God and also trying to honor your friends and your family. This really is a tightrope, but the Holy Spirit will show you how to walk it. I'm reminded of Jesus. When Jesus was beckoned by, by Jairus to come pray for his daughter who was dying. And the Bible tells us that Jesus went with Jairus. And when Jesus came into the room, where his little daughter was who had died, the room was filled with people that were weeping and wailing and making much to do. That's what the Bible says. And when Jesus saw them and their unbelief, what did he do? The Bible says Jesus had them removed from the room. These were people who really loved the little girl. There's no question about the love. 
They were weeping. They were sorrowful. But Jesus knew he could not operate in the power he needed to operate in as long as all those faithless opinions were there. They were focused on her death. Jesus was focused on her resurrection. So he removed them. And when he removed them, then he raised her from the dead. I doubt seriously that Jesus was rude to them. But Jesus knew he needed to remove them. They were an interruption. They were a distraction. And sometimes our family and our friends can be a distraction. Sometimes they can be a great blessing. Listen to me. They can be a great blessing. My family has saved me from making a lot of mistakes. So don't always dismiss what your family says. But on the other hand, if you know that you've been illuminated, if you know you've heard from God, then you have to make the decision to put aside all of their voices and focus on what God told you to do. And according to verse 32, the Bible says you endure a great fight of afflictions. The word endured is also very key here. It is a Greek word, hupomene, and I want to read to you directly from my notes. This word hupomene means to stay or to abide. It's a decision that you're going to be unflinching, unmoving. It is the resolution to maintain territory that has been gained. In other words, God spoke to you. You're illuminated. You're going to maintain it. You're not going to give it up. In a military sense, it pictures soldiers who were ordered to maintain their positions even in the face of fierce combat. To defiantly stick it out regardless of the pressure mounted against it, it is staying power, hanging their power, the attitude that holds on, holds out, outlasts, perseveres, never giving up while refusing to surrender to obstacles and turning down every opportunity to quit. It pictures one who refuses to bend, break, or surrender because he is convinced that the territory, promise, or principle under assault rightfully belongs to him. The fact that this word endured, the Greek word hupomene is used, means these believers had to make a decision to really maintain what God had showed them. They were not going to surrender. It didn't matter how much pressure came against them, how many faithless opinions were verbalized. They were going to maintain their territory. They were not going to bend, give up, or surrender to anything or anybody. They knew they heard from God. But listen to what the next verse says, verse 33. This is very key. It says, partly while you were made a gazing stock. This word gazing stock is just amazing. It takes me back to the beginning of the program today where I was standing on that ancient stage in an ancient theater in the ancient city of Aphrodisias. This word gazing stock is a Greek word, theatrizo, and it's where we get the word for a theater. Here it's translated gazing stock in the King James Version. But the Greek literally says partly while you were made a theater. It can be translated partly while you were made a spectacle. But listen to what this word, gazing stock, Theatridzo means. It's a spectacle to observe, to watch, to study, to scrutinize, or to bring up on a stage for everyone to see. It pictures spectators in a theater watching a scenario being played before them. On the edge of their seats, these spectators wait for the actors to make a mistake or forget a line so they can scorn, ridicule, or make fun of them. It can be interpreted to bring on stage in order to scorn, scoff at, sneer at, shame, or publicly humiliate. And now we find out, as I've told you earlier today, that when you get a word from God, when you're illuminated, you leave the private sector. Now, when you had no word from God, when you never said that you were going to start a career, 
when you never said you're going to go to college, when you never said you're going to go into the ministry, when you never declared what you're going to do, when you never declared your new doctrine that you've seen by faith, nobody talked about you. You weren't even interesting. People ignored you. But the moment you say you're going to do something or believe something or believe for something, people pack the seats in the stadium to watch you. They all buy a ticket to the show. They want to see, did you really hear from God or are you hallucinating? And they'll watch Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, Act 4, watching you to see how well you're going to perform. When you get a word from God, that's when you find out about faithless opinions. Now, thank God for people who have good opinions. You need to listen to people that have done something. Be careful who you listen to. Listen to people that have done something. When people have done something by faith, when people started a business, started a career, when people left the secular employment and went into the ministry, when people really wrote a book or made an album, when people really did something by faith, that's who you ought to listen to because they know what it means to do something by faith. But people who've done nothing usually have strong opinions when you try to do something. That's amazing. People that have done nothing, led nothing, started nothing, managed nothing, been responsible for just very little things, they usually have very big opinions about you when they've never stood in your position and they've never even attempted to do what you're doing, yet they have very strong opinions. They're really not the people you ought to be listening to. You ought to be listening to people of faith, people who have success in their history, people that have done something, people that have tackled the odds and they've done it, you need to be careful who you listen to. Now, I just want to read to you a quick scripture from 1 Corinthians chapter 4, where the Apostle Paul also uses this word, theatridzo. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9, For I think that God has set forth us apostles last, as it were appointed to death, for we are made a spectacle, that's the same word gazing stock, the Greek word theatridzo, the word theater, we are made a theater, he says, both to the world and to angels and to men. And then he says this in verse 13, being defamed, we entreat. That word defamed describes faithless opinions. People ridiculing, shaming, saying you'll never do it. These are low-level Christians. They'll never do what they say. Being defamed, faithless opinions. He said we entreat. The word entreat, the Greek word parakaleo, which means we encourage one another. When we feel assaulted by faithless opinions, Paul says, we turn to each other. And those of us that are in the army of the Lord together, we encourage each other. We entreat each other. We call out to one another. We strengthen one another. And then he says, we're made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. Filth of the world is a Greek word which describes the ring around the tub. Paul says that's what people think about us. They just think we're the dirty grime around the tub and we're the offscouring of all things. Through their words and their actions, they're trying to rub us out. That's literally what it means. So Paul, in his particular situation, had to make a decision. When we are defamed, when we feel the impact, the brunt of faithless opinions, we entreat, we turn to each other, we turn to others who know power, who know faith, we take our encouragement from them 
and we shut out faithless opinions. You can resist faithless opinions and you need a group you can turn to for support. And by the way, if you need prayer, we're here for you. We would love to support you in prayer, but we're out of time. I'll be back in just a moment and I'm going to pray for you. Do you feel you're in a fight for your life? Is the enemy attacking your mind with depression, fear, or temptation? As a Christian, you don't have to accept it. You can overcome and resist the enemy. In our spiritual battle, the fight is not entirely against flesh and blood, but also against unseen spiritual forces. Regardless of what you are facing, Christ has already given you the power and authority to defeat the enemy every day. In the two-part CD series, Resisting the Enemy, Rick explains how you can defeat the attacks that the kingdom of darkness tries to wage against your mind. With God-given weapons and the knowledge of how to use them, you can win the battle for your mind. When you call or go online in order resisting the enemy, you'll learn how the devil continuously bombards your mind in order to dominate your life. But you can overcome by learning how to enforce our victory over Satan by submitting to God and resisting the enemy. When you choose to believe God and commit to his word by resisting the lies of the devil, you can and will see your circumstances change. When you call or go online today, you'll also receive the companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. This book gives you a fresh understanding of the armor of God, the spiritual weapons of war, and how you can defeat every lie of the devil and live in victory every day. Don't miss this special offer, Resisting the Enemy and the Companion Companion book, Spiritual Weapons to Defeat the Enemy. Call now or go to renner.org to order. You can do whatever God's called you to do. Don't believe people who say to you, you can't do it, never been done, it's too hard, it's going to cost too much, too much personal sacrifice. Put all those voices away. Yes, to obey God, it's going to cost you something. It's going to require personal sacrifice. But you know what? It releases resurrection power. It releases the supernatural. You can do what God has told you to do. So put aside all those faithless opinions and grab hold of the word that you've been illuminated with and do what God told you to do. You will never regret obeying the Lord. You'll never regret it. And the people who bought a seat to the show to watch you and to see how you do, make sure they really see a good show. Make sure you really perform well on that stage. Let them see what faith looks like. Let them see you walk in faith now, walk in faith in the middle of your race, walk in faith all the way to the end. Let them see you conclude in victory. If they've come to watch you, the show, make sure they get a good performance. Amen. Well, I want to remind you that we're offering my series called Resisting the Enemy. The back of the series says, Resistance plus persistence equals victory every time. The truth is the devil is not difficult to overcome. He's not. He's just a big bluff. And you need to know how to call his bluff. You need to know how to undo him when he tries to attack you. And in this series, I talk about how to overcome the attacks of the enemy, how to resist them and drive them out of your life. And I want you to order it, but I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you that you give us the power to perform. We thank you, Lord, that you give us the power to walk in victory all the way to the end. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with me. Remember Ecclesiastes 8.4, where the word of a king is, there's power. Let the word of God release its power in your life today. And I'll see you in the next program. Renner Ministries is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
through every available media to the uttermost parts of the earth. Discover the many ways you can help us make a difference in lives around the world with the Word of God. We invite you to partner with us in teaching, strengthening, and rescuing lives for the glory of God. Together, we can make a difference that will last throughout eternity. This program was made possible by the giving of the God-called partners of Renner Ministries.